It's time for this week's Fighting Illini Army ROTC High School Prep Basketball Confidential Show here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. Tonight's in-depth look at area high school basketball is powered by the Army ROTC at the University of Illinois, developing its students the skills they need to lead themselves and others to success. Now, here are your hosts, Colin Likas and Jim Rosso. Uh, happy Monday, everyone. We're down to the Elite Eight here in the Champaign-Urbana area. That means there's eight teams still playing ball, right, Colin Likas? Yep. Uh, it would be, be more fun if they were all playing each other. Well, not really. It's, 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 it's better if they're not so we have some advance onto the state tournament. But it would, it would be fun if they were all playing each other, I think. All right, we got six boys teams still uh, having survived the regional level. Mm-hmm. We have two girls teams in action tonight, including uh, the Muhammad Seymour Bulldogs, our number one team in the uh, – Area, they're heading down to Highland. We're going to get to the chance to talk to the the man himself, Chad Benedict, the principal, <laughs> the former coach, right? The former, um, the former Crispin coach, even that dates me a little bit, Colin. <laughs> That's right. He's uh, he's on his way to Highland, as I understand it. All I right. wanted to catch up with him because not only are the Muhammad Seymour girls still playing, the Muhammad Seymour boys are still playing. Mm-hmm. The Muhammad Seymour wrestling team did really well at state recently. There was Muhammad Seymour uh, diver who qualified for state last weekend. Muhammad Seymour is the place to be right now. Apparently. All right. The Bulldogs, maybe they're in, you know, at the in the June every year we uh, name a school of the year. Maybe the Bulldogs are in the lead. It sure sounds like they're doing the right thing. They're absolutely in the running at this point. They're doing a great job. And, uh, you know, another uh, school that's doing a great job right now, we'll jump into our first segment of the night, talking about Ridgeview a little further away from us than Muhammad is, or Seymour for that matter. But Ridgeview's girls basketball team having a great season there. One win away from the Class 1A state semifinals. They're taking on Serena tonight. That game tips off in an hour. Over in Serena, 25-8 and eight are the Mustangs. And Coach Scott Gear caught up with me this morning. He was excited to talk about some Ridgeview basketball. Let's hear what he had to say. Glad to be joined now on the U of I ROTC Prep Basketball Confidential Radio Show by Scott Gear, coach of the Ridgeview girls basketball program that will be playing for a State semifinal burst tonight in Class 1A, taking on Serena at 7 p.m. in the Class 1A Serena Super Sectional. Scott, thanks so much for being part of the show this evening. Thanks for having me. It's an exciting time over there in Colfax. Uh, what has this been like for the last few days since you guys defeated St. Thomas More in that sectional final on Thursday? Uh, just uh, enjoying the excitement, but also preparing for the chance to qualify for state. It's been uh, you know, one of a couple of days. Uh, you know, people have. Uh especially from our conference and other friends have kind of called and congratulated us and wish us good luck. And, uh, uh, it's, you know, it's been one of those, uh, you know, we had a physical game on Thursday, so we gave them off Friday and then we practice, uh, Saturday and, uh, and Sunday also. So, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it was a lot of, uh, watching film on Friday and figuring out kind of what their strengths are and who, uh, we need to key on. And, uh, so we put together some things and worked on Saturday and Sunday. And when you take over this program prior to the 2014-15 season, I know every team every year is different, but is there ever the consideration that, you know, this is something that could happen with this team? I mean, I know at that point they weren't far removed from a third-place state finish in 2011. Yeah, you know, and that's every year that's kind of what you try to try to work for and try to instill in your uh, players that uh, – you know, always dream and dream big and work hard on your dreams. And uh, sometimes those things fall through. What has it taken to get to this point specifically? You know, in your first two seasons, the team had, had five wins in 2014-15, seven in 2015-16. It's been a consistent 20-win team ever since, obviously this year included. What does it take to build up a program to this point? Well, a lot of it starts with our, uh, you know, our feeder programs, our fifth and sixth grade programs and in our uh, our junior high programs uh you know robin jones uh, my one of my assistant coach's wife has been the uh the uh, junior high coach for for several years 20 years or so so uh you know what she and what she works with them you know we always talk about fundamentals first you know and that she she does a really good job of that instilling in those and then uh you know we we just kind of hone those skills once they come up. But uh, those were probably the, the when we first started. Uh, that's what uh, we uh, we wanted to instill was the fundamentals, you know, and uh, working hard and 
being great teammates and, you know, just kind of a family atmosphere. Now, this team entering the postseason this year with a four seed, uh, the season started up and down, as, as you're well aware, of course, but then the second half of the season, you guys have been on a tear for the most part, and uh, as it kind of felt like this team was maybe a little better than a four seed would indicate. I mean, you've knocked off second seed of Milford. You knocked off top seed of Mount Pulaski. It just feels like this team, they could sneak up on some people based on the fact there's that four sitting next to your name. Yes, yes, very much so. You know, our uh, our conference really prepared us for uh, for this, you know, this, this season-end run. You know, we uh, we played, uh, you beat, beat Eureka, um, who's usually a powerhouse, and I know that actually they tied with Fieldcrest uh, for the, the championship of HIC conference, and uh, you know we play Tremont, especially since January. Uh, you know we've had some tough games that's kind of prepared us. You know, in our uh, you know game in game out, most of the time our HIC opponents are are ones that we can't take lightly, and so we have to work work uh, work hard at that. And then, you know, we also, you know, we added some games with uh, St. Bede and uh, Milford at the end of the season. So, you know, kind of, kind of push us and, you know, get us in the right direction as far as that goes. Talking with the Ridgeview girls basketball coach, Scott Gear, and looking at some of the girls who have made this happen, uh, looking at the senior class, first of all, I uh, wanted to highlight Morgan Donaldson, who's your center underneath. Also uh, in the junior class, Brindley Stevens, uh, a forward, uh, you talked about the physicality you guys had in that St. Thomas Moore game. It was also evident in the Mount Pulaski game during the sectional semifinals. And uh, Brindley and Morgan are two of those girls who I feel like kind of embodied that. Uh, we're, we're getting in there, getting in the dirty areas, not afraid to you know, take a hard hit to the floor. Uh, is that what you've seen from these girls throughout the course of the season as well? Yes. Yeah, yeah and, you know, it's, and, not, and not just those two, but, you know, we had some people that come in now. Um, Mackenzie Wesson, who's a sophomore, does a great job with that, and Sully Johnson, who came in and had a, had a key uh, key rebound, put back score, uh, which she came in in the game the other night. You know, and they just uh, are hard nosed, hard nosed kids that play hard nosed defense, and just you know they're on the floor if there needs to be. You know, we always talk about uh, you know winning the 50-50 balls. You know, if we have a chance to get it, and hopefully it's ours. And you don't know exactly where your leading scoring is coming from on a given night. You've got plenty of girls who are providing meaningful offense to this team, like Peyton Rinkenberger and like Brindley Stevens and like Morgan Donaldson. Uh, how much has that helped this team to know that there are just so many options you can go to for a critical bucket whenever you might need it? That's a you know, key key to this team because, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of pressure on one person that has to score, has to score, has to score. So, um you know, we've had different leaders, several, you know, several different leaders on different occasions, depending on the game and depending on the, you know, the opponent. So, uh, you know, that's that's one of those key things where it's, it's nice to kind of have everything kind of distributed. And uh, also a defense can't really key on one person either. Now looking ahead to this super sectional round, like I said at the top, you guys have Serena on Serena's home floor tonight at 7 p.m., uh, first of all, just what have you learned about this Serena team? Yeah, they're they're a solid team. Um, they uh, play about five or six players. Um, you know, they're full court man press, and then they fall back into man to man. So you know, very good uh, defensive principles. Uh, they have a have a really good point guard who uh, who kind of distributes the ball really well and you know, takes it on the break if if she can get it. And then they they also have a couple uh, you know two other players that are are good options off of from her. So, uh, and and the others are are, are uh, they're really key on defense. You know, their defense is you know try to put pressure on your man to man, full court. You know, get some turnover, easy turnovers, easy buckets that way, and uh, and then they fall back in a, in a very good man to man defense. So if we can we handle the press then we'll be, we'll be fine. And just the fact that this game is happening on their home floor, obviously you would assume they would have kind of a little bit of an advantage because of that, you know, more fans showing up just because it's easier for them to get there. How do you as a coach and, and your girls as a group overcome any advantage the home court might give that Serena team? You know, when we play, you know, we play in some tough places in our conference, you know, Eureka's a tough place to play. It's always, 
have a big crowd and uh, you know in some other places like that but uh, so you know we just uh, kind of relish the moment as far as they're you know all the pressures on them you know they're the higher seed they're at home you know so we uh we really you know really put the uh the onus on them as far as you know we play loose and free Scott Gear, Ridgeview girls basketball coach. Like I said, you could catch his team at 7 p.m. tonight, taking on Serena in a Class 1A super sectional with a state semifinal berth on the line. Scott, thanks again for being part of the show, and good luck to you and the girls tonight. Very good. Thank you. Thanks again to Scott Gear for joining us on the show. His Mustangs have as good a chance as anyone to win a state championship in Class 1A at this point. They're the only non-number one seed still mm. playing out of the eight teams remaining, so uh, hard to doubt them. But I told Jim Rosso, building off this, that I had a trivia question for him. Okay. The five cities slash towns slash communities, whatever you want to call them, that make up Ridgeview High School. One is obviously Colfax. That's the big one. Mm-hmm. Do you know the other four? Any of the other four. <laughs> That'd be no. <laughs> one is one is Saybrook. There's a golf course. I there. know Saybrook. I should I, know that. Uh, one right. is Aerosmith, which I, I'm I've been to Aerosmith. With. Now Cooksville. Never been to Cooksville. And I th- this last one I've never even heard of, and I'm sorry to the people of it. Anchor. Okay. Anchor, uh, sure. Illinois. Sure. That's what an interesting place. Kind of like a mini Unity. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. A little we're bit. Talking about. A little All bit. Right. I like that. <laughs> well, tell you what, we will. Uh, Get to talk to uh, the principal of the other area girls team still mm-hmm. in it, Chad Benedict. Uh, but we're going to take our first break right now. Come back after these messages. This week's Fighting Illini Army ROTC High School Prep Basketball Confidential continues now on News Talk 1400 at 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. 6.14, Jim Rosso with Colin Likas and the pride of Decatur, Dave Leak. Uh, here till seven o'clock when uh, we uh, hand the baton to Brad Underwood, who mm-hmm. will have plenty to say at Papa Dell's. He'll be uh, maybe he'll wear his Purdue jersey. You know, you need the <laughs> Boilers to win tomorrow night, right? Yeah, that's unlikely. I'm going to go ahead and you say know? He, okay. he might get run out of Papa Dell's if he does that. Uh, <laughs> On this instance, maybe it's it's appropriate. I just hope he's uh, he's cooled cooled down a little bit. Everything's you know calm now. We have mm-hmm. we can have a nice little conversation between him and Brian Barnard. Hey, one thing about the girls' uh, state tournament this weekend, Rod Stoll, a longtime area official, he's one of the IHSA hosts for when the boys' tournament returns to town. He's going to be uh, working the girls' state finals this weekend, he tells me. Excellent. Pulling for the refs. Absolutely. Always pulling for the refs because they uh, they have it hard enough as it is. Uh, We've had a shortage of them ever since Mm -hmm. I've I've been around here. And, uh, yeah, always pulling for the refs. We need more of them, and we need uh, need them to not be pushed away from the game. That's to be sure. Now let's go ahead and jump into our next segment here on the show. Chad Benedict, former coach of the Muhammad Seymour boys basketball team. He's now the principal over there at Muhammad Seymour, and I believe he's on his way up to Highland to watch the girls' basketball Did I say up? I went down. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Watch the girls' basketball team take on uh, Bethalto Civic Memorial in a Class 3A Super Sectional. Chad, thanks for being part of the show tonight. No problem. Thanks for having us. And I uh, wanted to get you on because obviously you have plenty of basketball insight over there at Muhammad, and you've been watching all these girls' games and all these boys' games. Uh, the wrestling team had a good run, both at individual state and dual team state. You had a diver qualify for state swimming and diving. Uh, it, it just seems like it's been a great time to be a Muhammad Seymour Bulldog athlete right now. Now, you, you know, even if you go clear back to the fall with the success of our cross-country programs and, and, and football and, and now into the – here into our uh, winter activities yeah it's a uh, it's a special time and i got to tell you last friday night um the techs were flying and <laughs> i uh, we split up as administrators to go supervise everything and i had about three different devices going trying to watch to watch the, the girls game live and watch wrestling and boys basketball at the same time so good problem to have Absolutely. And, uh, you know, this is something we were talking about in the office, and I know it's not as simple as just do it. There's a lot of red tape. But, you know, when you see the Muhammad Seymour girls basketball team at Lincoln to face Lincoln and the Muhammad Seymour boys basketball team hosting Lincoln on the same night, is there any way you could ever consider having those two games in the same spot as a doubleheader? Is that something that just can't happen? You know, we talked about that. Like, could you go to like a Milliken or something and play the game? But, uh, I, I think the the home teams in the respective games might uh, might take issue with that. So, you know, it, fortunately, it worked out well for Muhammad. 
Well, uh, talking about the girls, first of all, since they're going to be playing in that super sectional. First time the program has ever been on this stage after winning its first ever sectional on Friday night. In your mind as a basketball coach, as somebody who knows basketball, what has been the key to this team uh, playing as well as it has under Coach Garrett Risley this season? Yeah, just the, I, I'd say the mentality of just the team. I mean, certainly, and they know their roles. Um, he's really tried to instill a, a next play mentality. That's kind of been their mantra. And, um, and, and nothing's easy. Uh, he's had wristbands made for the team that said, you know, easy with a line through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just trying to instill that, you know, that work ethic and things. And um, he's done a great job of that. His assistants have done a great job. And, you know, and the girls have bought in. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's they're impressive. And I think they've got a great chance tonight. Yeah, and uh, I know there was video of uh, you guys over there in Muhammad celebrating the boys' uh, regional championship win over Lincoln, and then you hear over the the PA system, <laughs> girls basketball has defeated Lincoln to win a sectional championship, and it happened in reverse over at Lincoln where I was. Well, what was that? Yeah. Uh, what was that moment like? And what was it like capturing that on seeing that captured on video? Uh, that that dual celebration, I guess. Uh, you, you know, between that and then hearing that our wrestlers won, it was just, you know, um, Jim Risley's been around a long time in Muhammad and knows Muhammad sports as well as anybody. And just it, it, it just was an epic night, um, you know, for, for that many of our kids to do that well. And you had, you know, I don't want to forget Max, uh, mentioning Max Katz, who was the first mm-hmm. uh, diver ever to qualify for, for our schools. So, you know, just, just a lot of really epic things in one night, you know. Coach Bosch had told me that Lincoln going into that game was 56 and 19 in regional championships on the boys' side. Now you think about that; they've won 56 regionals, um, and it just it's a uh, um, you know, and certainly that carries over to your other programs. And so, just to have that night, um, you go know, against a you know somebody that you know we really respect as an opponent in both Lincoln and Lincoln on both the the, the women's and men's side is. You know, it was it made it even more special for us because we have a lot of respect for Lincoln. Talking with Mohammed Seymour Principal Chad Benedict, and uh, looking at the boys' side of that, like you said, Lincoln powerhouse program, coached by Neil Alexander, of course. But uh, Coach Bosch, Ryan Bosch, obviously has done a great job as well since you stepped aside from the position after the 2017-18 season. I mean, has it has what he's been able to do with this group of kids over the last four years even exceeded your expectations when he was uh, named the head coach back in 2018? All right. Ryan does a great job and he's put together a great staff. And, uh, you know, I think, um, they didn't have, um, you know, they battled some injuries and mm-hmm. stuff early. And I, and I think, um, you know, where our girls had some veteran players coming back, we graduated quite a bit last year and had some new kids. And I, I think that's where, um, COVID, um, you know, the process to go through things, that's where some of your veteran teams had a little bit of an advantage at the beginning of the year because you didn't have a regular summer schedule. You didn't have a regular schedule, and uh, you know, as far as your season last year. And so that development takes a little bit of time, and I think that's what you saw with Coach Bosch's group this year, just that development continues to take time and is proud of those kids and those coaches. They just kind of kept grinding and grinding and grinding. You can kind of see it as some bigger wins started to come, you know, later in the season. All right, Chad, Jim Rosso here. Uh, thanks for joining us, first of all. The uh, second question is, now that you're principal, you've been in this for a few years now, is it more nerve-wracking at a big basketball game like tonight or the boys' game coming up this week as an administrator or, as when, you're, or when you're on the sidelines coaching? Well, it's easier maybe to go on the road because there's less to worry about <laughs> um, from an administrative point of view. Uh, but still, you know, um, Garrett, Coach Risley, Garrett played for me, and Bosch and I were pretty, I mean, he was on staff for a number of years with me, so pretty close to both those gentlemen. And, uh, yeah, I, I got to be honest, I didn't sleep well last night. Um, I normally don't get too worked up about uh, games anymore, but, uh, you know, um, I didn't sleep well last night. And I've probably watched, this is the most uh, game film I've watched on a team since I've gotten out in terms of um, just watching film for Garrett since it's such a short, uh, short turnaround trying to, you know, anything, just trying to help him out. 
that's uh, it's funny you mentioned that you know I, I talked with Garrett on Saturday and he mentioned to me how so many people are throwing you know uh, primers at him for Bethalto Civic Memorial letting him know here's what you can expect here's here's some information mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier you think they have a good chance the Muhammad girls do of winning that game tonight against Civic Memorial in your mind based on what you've seen on film from Civic Memorial and what you obviously have seen in person of your own Bulldogs mm-hmm. what do you uh, what do you think is the key or a couple of keys to the girls coming out with a win and then going to Redbird Arena later this week. Yeah, so I think Civic Memorial wants to play fast. Um, you know, they, they like to get up and down the court, and, and they're good at it. So I think, you know, if we don't get back and guard and transition defense, you can kind of, you know, everything else goes out the window, right? You've got to shut down the, the, the easy baskets. And then I think that, you know, with that, they extend their defense and do some things, and so you just got to take care of the basketball and, and get quality shots. Um you know, um, they're, they're they're a little bit closer um, down here to Highland than, than what we are. But uh, um, I, so I, I think our girls are experienced and, and ready for it. So say taking care of the basketball and controlling pace. And then, you know, they shoot a lot of threes. So there'll be some long shots, long rebounds. Got to control the glass, not let them get second chance opportunities. And I think it'll put us in a good spot to, you know, to have a chance at the end to win the game. Jumping back to the boys' side for one more. Uh, back in 2014-15, you guys won not only a Class 3A regional title, but also a Class 3A sectional title. Uh, Coach Bosch's crew has the chance to do the same thing this week, taking, uh, taking on Decatur MacArthur first, and then either Centennial or Springfield Sacred Heart Griffin afterward, uh, should they get in, that, uh, get in that championship game on Friday. Uh, what is the uh, what is the excitement like, you know, in a season like that where you're actually contending for a sectional championship? You have a chance to bring home that piece of hardware when it's so difficult to do, especially in Class 3A. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the excitement's really – and there's a there, – I'd say the biggest thing, like, is just practice looks different, right? When you go in, there's that extra – January and February can be such a grind, and all of a sudden you get there, and it's like uh, – like starting over again almost when if you can if you get you know lucky enough to advance and uh and get that opportunity um but you know certainly with our with with wrestling and then girls and now the boys there's just this uh there's a lot of smiles there was an added extra buzz today here at school um just you know it's it's a great time to be a bulldog right now chad benedict muhammad seymour principal and former boys basketball coach Thanks again for joining us, Chad, and uh, have a safe rest of the trip, too, and uh, back from Highland later tonight. Yeah, thank you, and appreciate the coverage of our kids and our school and all you guys do for the local area high school sports. Uh, it's uh, something, some you know, sometimes that goes by the wayside, so certainly appreciate all the work you guys put into it. Appreciate you saying that, Chad. Thanks again for being part of the show tonight. All right, take care, guys. See you, Coach. Thanks. Chad Benedict, uh, you know, uh, shout out to the Bulldogs who've showed up for our uh, radio show here, both the girls and the boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, like everyone who's come here, they have a kick out of seeing the newsroom and the radio booths, and they're respectful and they're well spoken. And mm-hmm. uh, again, all good. And uh, Kayla Kerner, of course, was one of our athletes of the week earlier in the year, and we're going to unveil another. Athlete of the Week at the end of the show tonight. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Jim wants to drop any hints, as he usually Vermillion does. Ca- Vermilion County. Is that right? Oh, no, I'm a week behind. That's uh, <laughs> who I met yesterday at Faces of the Spring. Now, see, there was that one time where I, I shut you down and said, no, you're wrong, and I was actually wrong. But I think this time, I think this time you are actually On wrong. your way to Vermilion County yeah, is what I meant to say. There you go. That's correct. Look, Dave Leake's giving me that look. Uh, somewhere... <laughs> If you were to take I-74 to Vermilion County, you might go through this community. The the three of us in this studio are still a little <laughs> tired from the uh, Faces of Spring photo shoot we had yesterday. Uh, thanks again to all the athletes who came out for baseball and softball and girls soccer, track and field, and boys tennis. Um, mm-hmm. Depending on, I, I have to count again, it's either we had 221 or 226 athletes, all which right. is, a, is a stark difference. I don't know how we either lost or gained five kids along the way, but thanks to all the 220-something athletes mm-hmm. who came out yesterday. You'll be seeing their pictures in print uh, later this month online in the form of a photo gallery, and better yet, they made radio commercials mm-hmm. with Dave Leak, and you'll be hearing their soothing voices promote Illinois athletics here in a little bit. Well, before we go to our next break here, we have to get Jim Ross's predictions. We did this last week. Mm-hmm. We don't know what his exact percentage was, but it seemed pretty good. He really had the good. STM over Watsika upset in girls basketball in a sectional semifinal. That was a big one. Uh, we've only got two girls games to predict this week. We'll do the boys ones later on yeah. in the show. 
We'll start with in Class 1A. You got Ridgeview taking on Serena, four seed against a one seed. What do you got? Well, I got Ridgeview getting okay. to uh, the Final Four, of course. Uh, they joined us on the radio show, so mm-hmm. that's a lock. Absolutely. It's mm-hmm. good good karma. Yep. And then you got the Mohammed Seymour Bulldogs, of course, taking on Bethalto's. Bethalto Civic <laughs> Memorial in a Class 3A Super Sectional. Yeah, the Highland Gym, it's a big one, but it's not going to scare the Bulldogs, who will uh, come out victorious. So we have a UI Army ROTC connection on the Bulldogs mm-hmm. uh, bench, so right there it makes me want to pick Muhammad Seymour. I like that, yeah. That, that means that, according to Jim, we're going to have two teams yep. playing at Redbird Arena in Normal on Thursday through Saturday, because that's how the tournament works Yeah, now. you got a busy weekend, Colin. Sorry to break it. And I do, and uh, probably not as busy as next week with the boys tournament at state farm center but we will get to our boys predictions here uh, in a little bit all right well um speaking of the ihsa tournament can't wait for that we got a bunch of special content planned starting next monday night we'll get into that maybe later in the show and then uh, next week's show we'll have some guests that have something to do with the tournament how about that sounds good and okay. speaking of guests let's uh, go ahead and take our next break but when we come back we're gonna have another guest in st joseph ogden boys basketball coach kyle duvall you're listening to the U of I Army ROTC High School Prep Basketball Confidential Show on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. It is 6.30. Welcome back to the U of I ROTC Prep Basketball Confidential Radio Show. I am Colin Likas with Dave Leak, and we are glad to be joined now by our next guest, St. Joseph Ogden boys basketball coach Kyle Duvall, whose team is coming off a victory on Friday night over rival Unity in a Class 2A regional championship game, advancing to a sectional semifinal that we'll talk a little bit more about here shortly. Kyle, thanks so much for being part of the show tonight. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And I know you spoke with our Matt Daniels after that game ended right away on Friday night, but uh, to, to get not only a bit of revenge for a, a loss to Unity earlier in the season, but also to pick up a regional championship with this fairly young roster, fairly young group of kids, what does it mean to you and the guys? Well, I thought our, our guys were really dialed in. Um, all week it, it felt like you know they really wanted to get to that Friday night, and, and once we got there, um, just the way they locked into details was better than we've seen all year. And, and they are a young group, and we've kind of struggled with that. We've had our ups and downs with that. Uh, but it seemed like everything that we mentioned in practice, they knew exactly what we were talking about. And, and we watched film of our last game with them, and, and, you know, we felt we just felt like we didn't give our best effort. Uh, I mean, they played really, really well. Um, the credit goes to them how they played that night, but, you know, we just felt like we, we left a lot on the floor that first that first meeting. So we, you know, we felt like we had a better shot the second time. Considering that happens in the regular season, and obviously you want to win all your games when at all possible, but does it also maybe have a little bit of a benefit in one, maybe you give the opponent a little more confidence than they necessarily should have had, and two, you also just get to see what things you need to work on for the next time you get to face that team? We we felt like that was exactly the case. Um, we just we knew we had to change our game plan. The way we guarded them the first time just didn't work. Um, so we had to make quite a few adjustments on how we guarded them and um, different things on the offensive side of the basketball where where we thought we could attack them. Just just seeing them that first time and, and seeing what didn't work and and how we could fix it was a big part of that. And you know uh, we talked all week. It, you know if if the roles had been had been flipped if the whole situation had been flipped it would have been tough for me to convince our team um that we didn't just need to show up that night i mean a high school kid if they beat a team by 20 they're going to think that they're that much better than the other team and we knew we knew that just wasn't the case going into it we we just felt like we we just didn't put everything out there that first time around and I know athletics important at St. Joe Ogden. You're well aware of this also. The fact that the boys were playing in a regional championship game on Friday night and also the girls wound up playing in a sectional championship game against Fieldcrest on the same night over in Piatone, uh, did that add a little bit of motivation as well? I mean, obviously you'd like to be in a situation where you know the, the teams could have rooted each other on in person. It didn't work out that way. But is there some motivation You know, when the, the guys, they don't know exactly what's happening with the girls, but they're always going to assume that they're going to get the victory. So you know they want to try and follow, uh, follow in their lead. Yeah, I mean, I think that happens with all the sports at St. Joag, and everybody kind of tries to carry over the success and and I think that's why all the programs have been successful is because one 
one program goes deep into the postseason, so those kids get that experience and they they get um, they get that opportunity to play under pressure and, and play under the bright lights and it just carries to the next program and and each each team kind of follows suit. It's it's a it's a good a good school to be involved with if if you really like athletics. And obviously you were familiar with uh, what the postseason can bring from the past, but you know with that COVID break where the last season there was no playoffs to look forward to, how nice was it for you as a coach getting to prepare for the postseason again this year and uh, getting to, you know, get ready for something that that has a little more meaning than you know just the, the regular season comes to an end with an Illini Prairie Conference game as it did last year. You're exactly right. I, I just think it gave the kids more motivation. It gave them something to play for. Last year, no matter what we said, it was hard for us to get them up and ready to go for each game. I mean, they they just it, it felt like summer almost. You just you play games to to get better, and you you play games to improve your game. But you're not playing for the the ultimate prize, and I think that's that's what's had them excited um, each game this this postseason, and I think that's. That's what what's had all these players excited in the postseason. Talking with St. Joseph Ogden boys basketball coach Kyle Duvall and uh, looking at some of the guys from that win over Unity. Ty Pence continues to have a very strong season, put up a double-double of 23 points and 16 rebounds. Uh, one guy who Matt Daniels focused on in his story from uh, recapping the game was Evan Ingram, who uh, looked like might have gone down with an injury during the course of the game, uh, ankle injury, but he uh, got back up, battled through it, had some big fourth quarter points uh him being one of the few seniors on this team uh, along with a guy like Andrew Byers how much have those two just uh, allowed this team to to flow and to compete in the way that it has well you in the postseason you always need seniors um you feel like uh it's always their last game Uh, so they put everything out there and and I felt like Evan Evan gave us that on Friday you know he went down with that ankle injury and you know maybe another kid that's a sophomore, a freshman, a junior, even, um, and they're in that same spot. Do they do they sit the whole game out? I don't know, um, but he felt like this was his last one. I had to, I had to go, and um, with him doing that, it gave us just a big boost. And you know, his six free throws that he knocked down in the fourth quarter and his big three late um, was just huge. And you know, with COVID, um, not many people know that Evan was a, a huge part of our success last year. Um, he was our second leading scorer last year, so he's he's had some games and he's he's scored in those big moments before. He's he has the ability to score, um, but but nothing was as big as Friday night. Um, as far as Andrew goes, Andrew's always been kind of Mister Mister Consistent. You know you know what you're going to get every night from Andrew, and um, he hit some big shots in the fourth quarter that really propelled us. And then talking about those seniors, and obviously Ty Pence being a junior, but being relied upon as a senior in a sense, then you balance it out with younger guys. And we've talked quite a bit about Logan Smith, a sophomore who's come on as a second leading scoring option. Two guys I want to focus on here for a moment are another of uh, your sophomores, Brock Trimble from the seemingly uh, never-ending Trimble family of basketball, and then uh, freshman Coy Taylor. Those two guys just seem to have come on extremely strong as this season has gone on. Yeah, those two play with they play with a ton of confidence. They don't play like sophomores, and and you know Brock has Brock has the ability to knock down um, open shots, and and not many people know that he is without a doubt our best three point shooter on the team. If you, I mean, you put us put him up against any of our other guys, if if nobody's in the gym and nobody's guarding him, he's he's making it most times. Um, he's just a he's an unbelievable three point shooter, and he he give, gives us that threat on the outside. And then Coy is just his ability to, to guard the basketball and, and um, drive the basketball, and now his his shot has started to improve, and he's just gaining conf- more more and more confidence as the season goes on, and we just we think he's going to be really really good down the stretch. Looking ahead to the Class 2A Clifton Central sectional, uh, you guys are going to be playing in on Wednesday night. Uh, another familiar opponent, uh, you're going to be taking on El Paso Gridley, a uh, team you met back in December 29th in the State Farm Holiday Classic, a very challenging tournament. Uh, kind of a, a tough loss, 60-36 to against the EPG. Kind of, uh, at least just on paper, rings kind of similar to Unity, where that first matchup didn't go your guys' way, and I'm sure you feel like there's uh, the, the margin is a little closer than that final score indicated so how are you guys approaching this uh, rematch with them 
I mean, it was a it was a game where it was in a tough tournament. You're right, and it, it was a it was early in the season, um, and we understand that. And I think we're a different team, but I also think they're a different team now. Um, you know, we've we've used some of the stuff, some of the film from the first game to help us out and practice this week and prepare. Um, but we also know that they're they're really good, and we're going to have to play. You know, as much as we were locked into details on Friday, we're going to have to be even more locked in on Wednesday. And it's it's going to take one of those efforts where um, we do a lot of things better than they do on that night. Um, they got a they got a all state guard, and they have a six six post player that, you know, he's a he's a double double machine. So it's going to take it's going to take some 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 big time effort out of all our guys. Uh, it's all 14 on our roster are going to need to be a part of it. Kyle Duvall, St. Joseph Ogden boys basketball coach. As I said, you can catch his team Wednesday night in Clifton, 7 p.m., taking on El Paso Gridley in a sectional semifinal, Class 2A. Kyle, thanks again for being part of the show, and good luck to you and the guys on Wednesday night. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Always good to hear from the Spartans camp, and uh, it just seems like we're always accustomed to watching SJL basketball, whether it's boys, girls, or both making a deep postseason run. The girls were very, very close to qualifying for a Class 2A super sectional, ended up uh, falling short to field cresting overtime, and a real thriller there. So uh, good to see the Spartans playing well uh, in, in multiple sports this time of year. We're going to go ahead and take our final break of the night here on the U of I ROTC Prep Basketball Confidential Show. When we come back, going to stay in the Illini Prairie Conference and hear from another coach in that Clifton Central Boys sectional, Monticello's Kevin Roy. This week's Fighting Illini Army ROTC High School Prep Basketball Confidential continues now on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. 643, that's Colin Likas over there. Dave Leak. I'm Jim Rosso. Colin, where are you going to be this week later on? Well, tonight I will be here in the yeah. office, of course, but the next two nights I'm planning to be over in Danville for a pair of Class 3A boys basketball sectional okay. semifinals, of which Jim Rosso will make a prediction a little mm-hmm. later on in the show. And then we'll see. Uh, it depends on results. We'll see where I go. Uh, Normal's Redbird Arena, obviously, is an option for Girls State. And then uh, Danville, Clifton, Effingham. For class 1A, you got Tuscola there. Got all kinds of options. Tell you what, Colin, we'll give you a break uh, sometime in late March. Sounds good. Right. But until then, uh, no. Fittingly, no my birthday is the first week of April, so that usually works out well. Luck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually right now watching a feed of um, of the gymnasium in Highland, although okay. I'm only watching the Civic <clears throat> Memorial players warm up because the camera hasn't moved at all, so I don't get to watch Muhammad warm up, just Civic Memorial. But good to see the uh, camera feed works. Uh, before we get joined by our next coach here, Monticello's Kevin Roy, boys basketball coach, Jim Ross, some more trivia time. Uh, okay. Just spoke with Dave Leak about this right before you came in. Dating back to 1953, mm. how many boys basketball coaches has Monticello High School had? Uh, four. Correct. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> I, I, you either overheard me or you're a genius. It's one or the other. <laughs> Could be both. <laughs> Glad to be joined now by the fourth man on that list, though, Kevin Roy, who's been the coach of the program since the 2006-07 season. His team is going to be taking part in the Clifton Central sectional on Tuesday night, taking on Hersher in a Class 2A semifinal. Kevin, thanks so much for being part of the show. Hey, appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. And uh, this doesn't really have anything to do with uh, the postseason or this current team, but you know, since I just mentioned that, the fact that this program has only had four head coaches uh, dating back more than 50 years, talking about 70 years, that's a pretty incredible statistic, isn't it? That is, and you know, just great, great men that have been head of the program with Tom Young and Bob Trimble and Randy Moss, uh, great guys to to follow behind in a. a pretty storied in a traditional program i feel like and you uh, you guys added to that tradition on uh, friday night against prairie central a rematch of a uh, line prairie regular season meeting that you guys lost by four points and uh, this one was a thriller decided by four points again but you guys get the overtime victory over the hawks this time around in your mind what were some of the keys to turning around that score and uh, eking out the win in overtime Boy, we um, I'm following a coach Duvall there. We kind of followed his lead. We went to the film. We really studied uh, studied that first game and uh, felt like we didn't play real great. Uh, we the areas we could have improved on. Uh, so we kind of had in mind what we needed to do. And uh, I didn't. I felt we were prepared to go out and do it. The guys were ready to go, and they had a lot of energy. And 
we got down on a 6-0 run to start the game. So uh, Prairie Central is just an incredible group of athletes, well coached uh, by Coach Bazell, um, great guys, and uh, you know it, it was just a good battle back and forth. And um, you know I, I, our seniors really stepped up uh, their experience and their relentlessness. Uh, they're just competitive and refused to lose it. Uh, mentality just kept us in there and kept battling and kept scraping and, and fighting and uh, was able to squeak out that win. You mentioned that senior class. You got a lot of seniors on this team, like you said. How important was that to get them at least one postseason piece of hardware? I know you guys have bigger aspirations than even a regional, but just this starting point to get these guys something tangible uh, to go with, you know, that Monticello Holiday Hoopla Championship earlier in the season. How important was that for you? You know, it was. It's important for them. Uh, you know, just um, like you said, just uh, kind of in a little bit of an exclamation mark there. Even though we're not done, you know, we do want to continue to advance, of course. But uh, uh, the seniors, uh, you know, they just kind of play at a different level this time of year because every possession uh, matters. Uh, they got to take care of the ball offensively. Every defensive possession matters. They got to be locked in. Uh, every rebound matters. So uh, they understand that and they know that they're playing to extend their season. So I always feel like the seniors really play at a different level this time of year uh, because it always means a little something extra to them because uh, every time they step out from this time on it could be the last time they get to lace up the uh, lace up the sneakers and go out and play again and uh, since we've been talking about Monticello history so far uh, one item that is coming up if you guys are able to knock off Hersher on Tuesday night uh, the team currently sets at 29 and 3 on the season and for as much success as you guys have had during your tenure you know 28 wins your very first season of 06 07 many other 21 seasons as well 30 wins is not something that you guys have accomplished yet and I know it's hard to do simply because that's just so many games over the course of a season but uh, is that something that uh, has some meaning for you and the guys trying to reach that 30 win plateau and make some history no, you know, we don't really don't talk about things like that at all. So we just we really just focus on our opponent. We focus on what we need to do to be successful, and we just focus on, uh, you know, doing those things and, and uh, trying to put ourselves in position to, to try to win games. And uh, that's ultimately what we focus on. It's always the next next play, next game mentality, and um, we don't look ahead, and, and uh, we just try to take care of what's in front of us first. Talking with Monticello boys basketball coach Kevin Roy, and uh, just looking at your guys from that game against Prairie Central in the regional championship, Ben Cressup continuing to step up. Uh, his emergence, uh, he's, he's never going to be the biggest guy in the court at 5'9", 160, but uh, he plays with a skill level and with a motor that, uh, you know, I would have to imagine there's got to be a college program or two somewhere that is going to be really interested in utilizing his services down the road. How impressive has his development been throughout the course of this senior season? You know, he's just being rewarded for the time and effort and the energy that he's put in. Uh, he's just put in countless hours. Uh, he's always been a basketball guy, just loves the game, has been around it his whole life. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it's it's fun to see him reap those rewards for putting that time in. Uh, I really hope there's a school out there that uh, – uh, he's got a few, uh, few schools looking at him, but uh, I really hope there's some more that express some interest uh, because, you know, like you said, he's not the biggest guy on the court. Uh, Probably won't be ever the biggest guy on the court, but his, the size of his heart uh, can't be measured. I guarantee you he'll always have the biggest heart out there, and he's going to give it everything he has to, uh, you know, to put his team and uh, put his teammates in a position to to, to win. And uh, he's really done that for us all season long. Now, looking at the matchup between you guys and Hersher, uh, noticing their roster, it seems like they have quite a few uh, sizable kids uh, in their lineup. And then I look at your roster and look at a kid like Joey Sprinkle, who's been a really important forward for you guys this season, the starting quarterback on the football team, but he's down there in the paint bodying on the basketball court. you got guys who come off the bench like Drew Shepard and Will Ross, who provide you some size, and Jacob Tresner as well. Uh, do you figure this is going to be a matchup where size is a big factor? Or take me through your, your mindset as far as uh, what Hersher brings to the table and how your guys kind of uh, can counteract that maybe. You know, they Hersher, like you, you brought, ought to brought it up, they, they're a big team. Uh, they do a great job of really protecting the paint, uh, using their size, using their length. Um, they have traditionally full-court pressed because um, uh, they've got the big guy on the – point that's a super, uh, good athlete and long arms and uh, can really tip and cause a lot of distractions up there and then they bring it back into a one two two zone and uh, like I said they, if you get within six to eight feet of that basket you've got 
a lot of big bodies right there, and they do a fantastic job of, of really protecting the rim. So, uh, you know, for us to be successful, we're going to really have to take care of the ball. Uh, you know, our shot selection is going to have to be good. We're going to have to move the ball quick. Uh, we're going to have to try to find ways to penetrate into that uh, into that zone and try to get high percentage of shots. And ultimately, we're going to have to knock, be able to knock down a few threes to be able to hopefully extend that zone and make them come out and get us. Um, so it's really going to take a balanced attack. Uh, you mentioned Joey Sprinkle. You know, I probably haven't given him enough props all season long on just what he brings to the team. Uh, he's not putting up points for us, but the rebounds, uh, the banging, the, the dirty work that he does on the inside, uh, you know, being the quarterback, he's got great vision. Uh, he sees the floor very well for a big man and uh, uh, really has done a lot of little things for us that, uh, that has made it successful. And, uh, you know, this group of seniors, just they play for each other, uh, and that's what's uh, so much fun about them and has been fun to coach them. So when we were looking at your roster, you know, we talked to, we started off with uh, Ben Cressup, you know, a 5'9 guard, and you got other guys like that, like Tristan Foran at 5'10", Trevor Fox at 5'9". Then we just talked about those those forwards of bigger guys like Joey Sprinkle and Drew Shepard and Will Ross. Somebody who I think maybe could be an X factor in this game, just from my viewpoint, is somebody like Tanner Buner Kemper, who's a guard, but he's also a 6'2 guard who gives you a little bit of a, uh, an additional size option, uh, a star golf athlete as well. Do you see Tanner playing a potentially big role in this game as well if you guys are able to knock off Hersher? Absolutely, and, and Tanner's played a huge role for us all season long. And, and he, growing up and coming through the uh, younger programs, lower programs, he has always been the guard. Uh, so he's got a good guard mentality. Uh, he's got a good shooting touch. He's able to handle the ball a little bit. Uh, he didn't play his sophomore year, so we really missed him at that time. And then I uh, decided to come back out last year, which was the COVID year. And uh, he, he didn't get any varsity time last year just because he was getting back into the program, but he played a lot of JV minutes and was forced to handle the ball there, uh, which was a great experience for him. Uh, and then just towards the end of last year, I feel like, and through the summer, he just kept growing. He's up to about 6'2", and um, I remember in the summer, I'm like, all right, how's he going to fit into the varsity program at this point? And uh, I talked to him and asked him if he'd be willing to run the four position for us. And, he was, and him and Joey is kind of our big men. Uh, with him having the ability to step out, I thought he might be able to you know, be a mismatch for other teams and, and be able to help us out that way. And uh, I've been really impressed with how he rebounds the basketball and when he wants to go in and get it, he can get it. Um, Prairie Central, he secured the win for us by getting a missed rebound for us off the free throw and um, and was able to secure that the regional for us. So, uh, yeah, Tanner's a huge player for us. Uh, again, doesn't always score the points, but he always has that potential uh, to step up. And, and I feel like we got several guys like that, Dylan Genelick, uh, has been consistent for us all year long. Good things always happen when the ball's in his hand. Uh, Tanner, Tristan Foran comes off the bench and plays phenomenal defense and really causes problems there. So, uh, again, it's a great group of kids that uh, that play well together and they play for each other, and, and uh, we're looking forward to our game tomorrow night. And uh, one more about that game tomorrow night against Hersher. You guys are a number one seed. They're a number five seed. I know you're not going to put as much stock into seeds as us sports writers are, but just looking at the sectional as a whole, uh, with El Paso Gridley a one seed and St. Joe Ogden a two seed also, you and I talked before the postseason started about how grueling this Class 2A sectional was going to be. And I think, yeah, you know, five seed Hersher still being in there after going to battle with six seed Beecher kind of attests to that. How exciting is it to be in the Final Four of this particular sectional? Oh, it, it's exciting, but uh, also a little frustrating too. You know, they you you look at it and it's uh, it's loaded. You know, every team is is uh, has had you know twenty twenty six or more wins, I believe. So uh, they're just a great, great, great basketball, uh, and I, I'm just you know it speaks a lot to Central Illinois, and uh, I think the IPC having two IPC teams in this uh, same sectional uh, just speaks highly of the quality of basketball and coaches that we have in this area. Kevin Roy, Monticello Boys basketball coach. You can catch his guys tomorrow night, 7 p.m. against Hersher in a Class 2A Clifton Central sectional semifinal game. Kevin, thanks again for being part of the show, and good luck to you and the guys tomorrow night. Thank you very much. I appreciate you guys having me on. Always good to hear from Coach Roy. And, uh, yeah, pretty amazing what this Monticello program has done this season and the fact that they could reach 30 wins for the first time in Coach Roy's tenure, which has already been so, so successful. 
And, you know, it's maybe more of a number for us to talk about as sports writers, but it's a pretty cool number nonetheless. I'll save you some time. Uh, Sages win. They beat Hersher. In fact, I'll be seeing Monticello at the State Farm Center next week. All right. Let's go ahead and mark it down. Doesn't even care who the opponents are. I don't. I don't have that much (laughs) faith in the the defensive prowess and the uh, determination that these uh, senior boys have. Yeah, I would agree with that. Their defense, um, on a, as far as the prowess, I'm not making predictions at the moment. You can see my predictions in the paper right. moving forward. But, yeah, Monticello's defensive prowess is among uh, some of the best I've seen throughout my time as preps coordinator, boys or girls basketball. Very impressive stuff. So that takes care of one of our predictions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim's got Monticello on Tuesday. So let's stick with Tuesday here. Boys sectional semifinal over in Danville, Class 3A. Centennial trying to get its second win of the season against Springfield Sacred Heart Griffin. Love the Chargers, what they did in Morton, but uh, the run ends this week. Sacred Heart Griffin's just a little too uh, good, and the injury situation may be mm-hmm. mucking things up a little bit for Centennial. Yeah, unfortunately, Chargers forward Jack Young Jr. broke his foot earlier in the playoffs, and he's a huge piece, uh, both figuratively and literally, for what Centennial tries to do. And uh, Sacred Heart Griffin was not at full strength when Centennial mm-hmm. beat them earlier in the season, so I get what Jim's saying. Uh, in Class 1A, you got Tuscola taking out Effingham St. Anthony over in Effingham. Do not uh, sleep on the Warriors. Of course, uh, they will win handily. Handily? Oh, boy. <laughs> Watch out, Effingham. Uh, going over to Wednesday's games back in Danville, Class 3A sectional semifinal, Muhammad Seymour taking on Decatur MacArthur. All right. Um, I'm a big fan. Oh, Dave Leake says go with MacArthur, but no. I say go with the Bulldogs. Uh <laughs> I've, uh, when my boys played for Central, uh, they uh, had. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Dave Leak was not a MacArthur grad, so he's he was a rival of MacArthur. <laughs> so he says, go with the Bulldogs. I have to go with Dave Leak on this one. The, Muhammad's playing really well, half the second half of this whole season, so uh, don't uh, stop them now. Okay. In Class 2A on Wednesday, up in Clifton, we got El Paso Gridley against St. Joseph Ogden. Yeah, I'll go with the Spartans. Again, yep. the way they played against Unity the other night. Uh, bounced back from the last time they played the Rockets, right? Uh, so they've got things going their way. Plus, one of their players is our player of the week. Oh, there you go. And uh, the one game we really haven't <laughs> mentioned yet on the show tonight in Class 1A on Wednesday up in Watsika, it's Milford against St. Teresa. I saw a cool picture of Milford sent from my uh, high school confidential correspondent, Olivia Schmink. I have to go with the Bearcats because mm-hmm. when they won their regional title, basically the whole city joined them at midcourt for a – a photo that kind of school spirit uh, means something when you talk playoffs. What, uh, Dave? Do you have any thoughts on Decatur St. Teresa <laughs> since they're another Decatur school? I grew up several blocks south of St. Teresa, so no, I'm not pulling for St. <laughs> Teresa. <laughs> okay. Well, since uh, Jim alluded to the fact that our latest mm-hmm. athlete of the week is from St. Joe Boys Basketball, it's time to unveil that individual now. It is Ty Pence for his double-double performance he put up against Unity as well as so many other really good performances he's had throughout the season. The future D1 athlete just continues to star in his junior year. A serious contender for our All-Area Player of the Year, mm-hmm. along with uh, Jalen Quinn, probably maybe a couple others in mm-hmm. there. But uh, Ty Pence is playing some excellent ball, drawing the eyeballs of many scouts every time he takes the court. Yep, I know uh, I know Butler's one of them, my uh, alma mater, and I'm not allowed to root for any uh, commitments or okay. anything like that, but I think it's cool that... Or, uh, Ty Pence and Butler. Actually, I think Jalen Quinn and Butler also were linked at one point, mm-hmm. too. Cool for me. Always good to see those uh, stars shining in the postseason. How about that? So Ty Pence will pick up his award hopefully this week, maybe. He'll be in the uh, paper on next Thursday. Ne- yep, next week. Hopefully he's in next week. Okay. Hey, well, thanks for joining us tonight. We will talk high school hoops next Monday.